Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 29 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Duncan Shields of Chronologically Speaking. Welcome back, Duncan. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to hey, be back. We, we did it. We did it. We, we did to, it. Yay. We're able to not cut one another off. There you go. Fourth, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> That's right. So episode 29 begins with the captain continuing his announcement and ends with John acknowledging Powell's help. So we ended things yesterday with, you know, Holly contemplating whether she wants to get a little more champagne or not. And she said, ah, she doesn't need it. She's about to, they're about to land. And then the captain comes on the intercom and starts talking. And we only heard yesterday uh, him say, ladies and gentlemen, today he continues, I've just been informed by Dulles Traffic Control that there's a weather front ahead of us. We may be up here a little while longer. <laughs> and at this point, Holly decides to, first of all, her the, the, the old lady next to her puts up her glass and wants a refill and says, thank you. And then Holly turns to the stewardess and says, on second thoughts. <laughs> and she... <laughs> You know, she's she's willing to, to drink a little bit more at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just funny that, you know, she, she needs the champagne to deal with seeing Thornburg. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we discussed this a few weeks ago. He, he's been so close to her for the entire flight, but she only noticed it, you know, when when he complained about his meal. Uh, did he? Because I think what didn't he get bumped from first class? But you don't bump someone in the middle of a flight. How could you bump someone in the middle of a flight? Ah, uh, right. Well, they were in the air, but maybe it was at the beginning. Was it the, they were in the air when he got bumped? I thought that, like, he did They were show in the up. air, and they were in... No, that was... First of all, that was in planes and automobiles that he got bumped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before the plane took off. But here, you know, the stewardess... Uh, we talked about this uh, two weeks ago. The stewardess right. tells him that he's monopolizing all her time, and right. that, you know, he complains that he understands that they moved him from his first class but he still wants his first class meal which means that he already was moved so you know so he he was up he was like up bothering them in the stewardess hut and then was being brought back to his seat or something like that correct that 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 was that was our interpretation two weeks ago about that all right but that makes sense you know it makes a lot of sense but it doesn't make sense that neither one of the other one beforehand you know yeah yeah Right. And that's then, why, because that's why I thought that she was noticing him for the first time is because he was being brought back halfway through the flight from first class, because that's when they would notice each other. Because yeah, I don't, I don't buy that he's been there the whole time and she's just noticing him then. Right. You know, whatever. Right. I understand that. We're back to the budget rent a car booth, and then we get a shot of of John, and the phone rings, and he answers it and goes, Al. <laughs> So before we get into the whole conversation, you know, I, I know you mentioned this at the beginning of the week that you might want to uh, talk about this fact. It's a little strange that John, it, I mean, yes, he's he's he uses their fax machine. You know, he pulls the phone over phone cord over her as he's moving back and forth and stuff like that. But for him to, you know, automatically answer the phone, I, I I'm pretty sure they had caller ID at that time. But I don't think that John is looking and sees, oh, that's a number from LA, so it must be out. No, it's just it's his phone now, and he it's a, it's a race to answer it when it rings, and she was too slow, and it's somehow okay. Well, maybe it's no just, one calls the budget number. You know, like why should they call? 
uh, <laughs> offhand, I would say to uh, yeah to rent a car. That would be my, no, but that you would wouldn't be, you yes. wouldn't call this desk to rent a car, would you? You would call like the <laughs> national line, wouldn't you? I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember Maybe. back back in the 1990s. You know, when I rented a car, how did I do it? You know, from that perspective. If you've know. just stepped off a plane, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine her phone doesn't ring off the hook constantly, but I would say that it is a business line. It's not yeah. McLean's personal yeah. phone. Oh, that, that goes without a saying, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. So he goes, Al, <clears throat> hey, I'm right here, partner. Your stiff dossier is coming through right now. So, first of all, I've always loved the word dossier. I think it's a, it's a great word. Well, I've always pronounced it dossier. Dossier. Uh, okay, it could be. That's, that's maybe just my French-Canadian background. It could be. Yeah, there you go. You, you would know better than I would from that perspective. Well, it's also like the front room of the house, uh, calling it the the foyer, and then right. you go down you go down south of the states. And they're like, leave leave your shoes leave your shoes in the foyer. And you're like, That's I'm right. not gonna put my, I'm not gonna put my shoes in the foyer. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh the foyer. You mean the foyer? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, a, a dossier is a collection of documents about the same topic. They're typically meant to provide comprehensive detailed information about any particular subject. So, you know, I always thought that a, a dossier is it's just a military term. I didn't realize that it's a general term for any type of detailed information that you might, you know, have think, in a folder. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those uh, those words that becomes a thing. Like bureau just means desk. Uh, but because every office has a desk, then it's just the Bureau of Exchange or the Bureau of Internal Affairs or the Bureau of like, it's become like synonymous with department. And so like, like I think dossier just literally means folder, just yeah. like a folder of information. But now it's like, you know, graduated to a whole other realm of definition. Hmm. Interesting. Could be. And then we, we see the the. The, the facts come through. And I love the fact that, that you know, because we're doing this minute by minute, we can actually pause it and read everything that's on there. Yes. <laughs> you know, we can tell so much about the career of uh, Oswald Cochran. <laughs> you know, and, it, it, and it's great. Now, the thing that, that, that gets me the most about it is that, I mean, did, did you read through all the different things that are written on there? Nope. Okay, so I'll, I'll go through them. But the first thing that, that gets me is, the actor who plays Cochran is John Costello. Okay, we, we talked a lot about him uh, a few weeks ago when he was first shown up uh, before his character was killed off. He was born in 1961, okay? But if you look at this dossier, the first thing mentioned there is May 12th, 1969, assigned duty in Cambodia. So they are sending an eight-year-old to go fight in Cambodia. Wonderful. Exactly. What an overachiever. What an overachiever. That's right. Then the next uh, entry is December 9th, 1969, assigned secret duty in La 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 Laos. Laos. Um, Laos. Then February 5th, 1970, uh, again, just like a month and a half later, special forces duty in Thailand. Uh, June 6th, 1974, Technical instructor at Fort Benning, July 5th, 1978, special operation, something desert, desert. center, desert center, uh, what was he? Special operations group, desert training center, Saudi Arabia. Ah, there you go. Then we have November 8th, 1985, special training CIA Langley, Langley, Virginia. 
May 7th, 1986, infield advisor of Afghanistan. And then May 11th, 1988, killed in helicopter accident, Honduras. Well, when they say read between the lines for a lot of black bag stuff, uh, that seems to fit the bill. Now yes, it does, especially it. since, you know, he was eight years old when he, he was sent <laughs> to Cambodia. Oh, man, that's gold. Uh, it's funny also that the fingerprints are clear as day and his actual ID picture is garbage. Yes. <laughs> it's like... It doesn't even look like him. That's the funny thing. Super high contrast, awful. Like that. This, I think his ID picture is what faxes were, and the uh, fingerprints here are pure fantasy. I don't know if you could yeah. get that kind of detail out of a fax yeah, for machine sure. in the nineties. Yeah, but I, I like it. I think it's great the way that they yeah. they, they show us all this information about him. Yeah, because normally in that kind of in a in a in a movie from the 90s where they had no idea that people were going to scour it second by second like this, uh, they probably would have just put a bunch of nonsense on it. But somebody went the extra mile to actually put a sequential list of, you know, probable, you know, good, good, uh, you know, Jobs military theaters or, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's, what's also very cool is that Powell was able to get this within minutes. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. It's yeah, a few minutes to get all the international top secret military dirt on the stiff from blurry fingerprints that got faxed to him. I'm like, nah, -uh. nope. That's right. No, nope. <laughs> I don't. Uh, no, I don't buy it at all. That's but right. good. But thank you, pal. But thank you. That's right. <laughs> the character's name is Sergeant Oswald Cochran. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, are you familiar with the name Oswald? Just from Patton Oswald. Well, that's Oswald. And I know that the uh, the Penguin's name is Oswald. The Batman villain, the Penguin's name is Oswald. And I'm wondering if it's Copper, related Copper at all. To... <laughs> Oswald Copperpot. I wonder if it's related yes. at all to Oscar. You know, the whole uh, OS spectrum of names is um, is interesting to me. I don't know where they originate. Well, OS, OS means God. What? Yes. Okay. It's... Uh... It's from Anglo-Saxon. The OS oh, means God, and the peeled, I don't know why it's, uh, it means rule. So Oswald means God's rule. Or oh, God's, yeah. yeah. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, so the, the origin of the name, it, it, sorry, it's also a, it's not just a first name, it is also a last name. You, know, you sure. get it as a surname. Uh, the most famous one, obviously, being Lee Harvey Oswald. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and I wonder if, like, Patton Oswald, because it's spelled with a T, it's probably a derivative of Oswald, I would imagine. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, you, have, you have it all over Scotland and northern England and south Germany and Austria and Switzerland. I mean, the name became pretty uh, pretty popular. You know, there's, like, tons of... of uh, Famous people from the uh, from a lot of the monarchs in those countries that uh, that were named Oswald and stuff like that. Well, now that you talk about the origins of the name being like God's rule or whatever, that's uh, that makes yeah. a lot more sense that you've named your your royal scion uh, yes. that name. But I like that it often gets shortened to Ozzy, like Ozzy Osbourne. You know, like Ozzy Ozzy Osbourne has made. The shortened form of Oscar. Like before that, you had Ozzy and Harriet, but now you've got like, uh, yeah, like Ozzy is uh, no longer like a, you know, for a certain subset of people our age, it's not just um, 
a quaint name from a bygone era. You know, if you say Ozzy, you're like, oh, so do you regularly do giant heavy metal shows where you like, you know, test the fear limits of your of your ch children's parents? You know, like because Ozzy, I think is he had that whole persona. So like, it's weird that he took this kind of friendly bygone era 1920s name and made it into like a, a paragon of you know parental advisory explicit lyrics you know that's kind of cool but it's no longer a, a quaint name it's still got power behind it right but you do know that his name is not oswald ozzy osborne is it's a stage name ozzy oswald's name is john john michael osborne well, ozzy is just his nickname yeah, yeah. because his yeah. last no i was i was like looking when you said that, I started looking at the list of all the people named Oswald, and I was like, I don't see any Ozzy Oswalds here. No, no, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne's here. Yeah. He's got kind of a, I guess, he's got his first name twice for some reason, but there you go. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then you have the name Cochran. Are you, have you ever heard that name before? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, okay. it's, it's fairly common. I worked with a couple of Cochrans. Uh, it's a very, it's somewhat common. Right. It's also both Scottish and Irish. The, yep. the, some of the Scottish names derive from a place known as Cochrane in Scotland. Yep. And some of them are Anglis, Ang, Anglicis, uh, Anglicizations of last names from the Irish language. Anglicizations. That's a good word, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, the, well, those uh, are the, the four groups of last names in Scotland. Is You've got your professions, like uh, uh, Cooper, Thatcher, Smith, and you've got... Right. The name, the, the uh, a geological formation or lake close to where your clan originated, like Gala Shields or something right. like that, uh, you know, or you've got son of, like you know Adamson Goodson, that kind of thing, or O'Shea or O'Malley, and uh, I, oh, I forget what the fourth one is, but it's rare that you get a lot. Oh, fourth one's physical characteristics. You'll get someone like uh, Longshanks or uh, someone with the last name Bull. That was just a, a nickname. You'd have like three Phillips in the village, and one was huge and two weren't. So the huge one was called Philip the Bull. And then that <laughs> ended up just, just becoming a, a surname after a while. So Right. Right. I mean, the, the, the only Cochran that I've heard of before is Mickey Cochran, who was a Hall of Fame baseball player. That's oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with. Uh, I worked with an Adam Cochran over in Scotland. And so... Um, I've, I've definitely met a few Cochrans here or there, especially also in Canada. We've got a lot of uh, Scottish and Irish people that were descended here from the originals. So okay. not the Can original, sorry, the first wave of people that came over from overseas. Right. And then uh, John says to, to Al, so what can you tell me about him? He goes, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I love the way he delivers that also. He's dead. Yep. He needed a computer to figure that out. No, no, no. You, you don't follow me. According to the Department of Defense, he's been dead for two years. What? That's right. Sergeant Oswald Cochran, American advisor in Honduras, killed in a helicopter accident, 5-11-88. John gets interrupted by the rent-a-car girl who says, officer, the response is, read between the lines, and I'd say it looks like a lot of black bag stuff. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Yeah, I see it. All right, Al. Thanks a lot. Hey. Anytime. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. It, it gives yeah. us a lot of, uh, first of all, when, when you see Al, you see that he's in a much busier office than he was before. 
Yeah. So I guess I guess uh, you know getting a fax from from John is in one place, but getting the fax from Interpol is uh, somewhere <laughs> a little more uh, you know complicated. Do you think the traffic is indicative of something that happened on his phone call, or do you think that's just hustle and bustle? No, 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 don't know. And he, he doesn't have any uh, uh, Twinkies with him this time. No, and it's still magic hour. It's uh, it's been magic hour in Powell's office for a good long while now for both these phone calls. Yeah, makes in sense. terms of the uh, the lighting, the lighting coming almost laterally in through the windows. Yeah. And I also love how John is smoking the whole time and just blowing smoke. Oh my you know, lord! Back in the days, back in the days when you could, when people could do that in the, uh, you know, in the airport. Yeah, I remember. I've got. I've been on planes that still have ashtrays in the seats. Oh, wow. The whole, the whole idea of a smoking section of a plane is just hilarious. Like the smoke's just gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. I just. Uh, no, it's wild to see these these movies where you see people smoking in hospitals. And McLean, like, chain smokes in this movie. Yeah. He's got a cigarette in, like, every scene. So maybe that would account for why every scene. Like, the at the beginning of this minute when they go into the cockpit, I'm like, is something on fire in the cockpit? Like, it is like a fog bank in there. It is, like, so, You think so they're smoking, smoking in there? No, I don't think they are. But they've, uh, in order to make the lights pop and to create more atmosphere, they've they filled it with a haze uh, with some smoke. Uh, that, that, that's what it looks like to me. And uh, that seems like it's 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 way too moody. It's, it's the same as the lighting in the tower control, in the control tower. It's got this moody, moody lighting in the cockpit and this moody lighting in Powell's office and this moody lighting in the, in the control tower, like everything. As soon as he leaves the brightly lit interior of the main airport, everything is lit like uh like a hallucination just completely like a horror movie almost yeah for sure it's uh you know i i maybe they just uh, didn't didn't have the budget for the lighting this was one of the highest you know uh budgeted films ever at the time no i think they had too too much money for the lighting is, is my <laughs> point like i think somebody went you know had the lighting at an 11 when we needed the lighting at a two. The um, the other thing too is on uh, on Powell's desk. In uh, I guess maybe I'm looking at second 23. There's a machine kind of floating up above his desk. That yes, that's, is, I saw that. I saw that. Is that is that you think it's like a computer? I, yeah, it's got a screen like a computer, but it's also like an electron microscope or like a like a an accountant adding machine or an X-ray machine. There's like directional buttons underneath the screen. It uh, looks like there might be a port for a mini disc, but then a few of the keys on the keyboard are different colors. Like those yes. are the ones you're they're, supposed they're to. They're orange colored, right? But they almost look like number keys and arrow keys. I'm, I'm really curious as to what that machine could possibly be. Oh wow, interesting. Mystified as to what its origins could be. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, back to what we're talking about with Cochran. I, I just want to jump back to that for yeah, a second. Yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I, I just I, I just remembered that that I've you know there there are two other famous fictional Cochrans. Can you think of any either of them? One's from a horror movie and one's from a sci-fi movie. I'll give you those hints. Cochran, Johnny Cochran. Oh, Johnny Cochran. He was uh, OJ's lawyer, Johnny Cochran. Oh wow. You know what? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Even think about him. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty famous Cochrane. Uh, uh, yes. 
If it don't fit, he must have quit. Johnny Cochran. Uh, uh, Sci-fi. Shoot. You know I what? This, it's really weird. He's not listed on the list of all the people here with Cochran. So I wonder, that's a bit shocking. I wonder shocking. if he's. I wonder if it's if he spells it differently, and that's why it, it doesn't appear here. Maybe hmm. I don't think he did. Uh, I don't know. I give up on Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran is without an e. That's that's the difference here. What I looked uh, up only had an e. Oswald Cochran has an e. That's why it didn't come up. Wow. Okay. There you, you got me on that one. So, so there's there's one. <laughs> but that wasn't. That's not a fictional character. That's a real character. I'm talking about fictional characters. Uh, was one of them played by Arnold Schwarzenegger by any chance? No. No. Okay. One I, of them. One of them is in uh, Child's Play Three. The, oh, okay. the, the one of the characters' name is Colonel Cochran. Okay. And then the other one is a little more familiar to me, at least, uh, from Star Trek, uh, from Star Trek: First Contact. Uh, Zephram Cochran. Oh, Zephram, good old Zephram Cochran. That's right. Yeah, That's he was right. also in Star Trek Enterprise. You know, in the yep. first episode, he, he handed the torch over. You know, what's that? Oliver Cromwell? Cromwell? What's that actor? James name? James Cromwell. James, James Cromwell. Cromwell. Yeah, not Oliver Cromwell. No. Yes. James, James Cromwell. Right. Oliver Cromwell was someone else. Yeah. Someone else. Right. So basically uh that that's all uh, i have for this minute you know john hangs up the phone and just uh, starts looking at the the dossier that, that came through trying to figure it out the only uh the only other things i've got is that the, the pilot actor needs to work on his pilot voice he's talking like an actual person and he doesn't have the hello uh passengers this is your pilot speaking and, and it's too ominous the way he says we'll be up here for a little while longer i'm like yeah. you're supposed to keep them calm <laughs> you know that's not <laughs> i think you know they say there's no small parts and i know he's only got like one line in the movie but i was like no he's got more than one line he, oh, okay. that, he, that he does it's but, uh, uh I, didn't, I didn't think he did a very good job of calming the passengers down there yeah and i mean it, he's an actor played by uh, the actor is uh, michael francis clark oh, who well, pretty much just has uh, bit parts in in movies he has 42 IMDb credits, but there's nothing nothing that really stood out for me. Most of them are TV no. shows, just, uh, you know, like a small little part. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to give too much champagne to Bonnie Bedelia's uh, psychotic old lady uh, seatmate with her, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the dog killing, uh, you know. Well, nobody shocking. knows that she has, you know, a shocker with her. Yeah, yeah. Stun, stun, yeah, stun uh, that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, we, we thing, talked about this a few weeks ago. I found it really strange that she was able to get it on the plane. You know, even yeah, even pre nine eleven, even in the nineties, that's like uh, that's not coming on the plane, lady, for sure. That's a real good point. Yeah, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about poor William Atherton. I think he joins the ranks of Jack Gleason, uh, Imelda Staunton, Tom Felton, Louise Fletcher. Long list of other people who played uh, too good of an evil character, like Jack Gleason was, of course, King Joffrey. Imelda Staunton was, um, well, what's her face from uh, from Harry Potter, the, the the horrible witch who dressed in pink who moved in from the Ministry of Witches to take over the school. Uh, Tom Felton was, um, of course, one of the one of the bad guys. Jason Isaac played the dad. Anyway, and <laughs> Louise Fletcher was uh, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. I didn't write down their character names because I thought I would never forget, but here I am. There you go. <laughs> Malfoy. Malfoy. The Malfoys. Right. Tom Felton was Draco Malfoy. Um, yes. 
But for decades, people would stop Atherton and yell, hey, pencil neck or hey, Dickless in the street. And he did not care for it. He said, actually, he said in interviews, it was actually kind of hellish because he's too he's a victim of his own success. He was too good at being an awful person. <laughs> he just plays it too well. And so people would take liberties in the street with him. And it got old. It got old after a few years. And this makes me think of how, like, you know, Anthony Michael Hall got super beefy and jacked and, uh, you know, a little violent after being too good at playing the geek or the nerd. And I think something similar happened to Screech from Saved by the Bell and uh, Jaleel White from Family Matters. They all hit the gym pretty hard after their success and yeah. became, uh, you know, don't mistake me for a weak nerd. I think their personal <laughs> lives were a little upended by the success of their roles. Yeah. So that's all right. That's all we got. Okay. So the, the script has a few minor discrepancies, nothing major here. Holly says, instead of on second thought, she says, yes, another. And then it says McLean paces smoking ring, both the fax machine and the telephone light up. McLean beats her to it. And then he has this conversation with Al and it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, even, you know, the information about, when Cochrane was killed. So, you know, that, that, that's all exactly as it is in the uh, script. And it says John hangs up and the girl gives him an eye. An you know, eye. That's right. Yeah. Gives him the eye. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So every Thursday we have a segment called Aviation Thursday, where my guests will give their top five movies that are dealing with airplanes or airports so what have you got for us duncan i think number five would uh yeah number five would probably have to be uh flight with denzel washington i think that was a really good example of a seasoned pilot coming up with something amazing in a clinch to save lives but who was uh, drunk at the time because i remember there was a big thing going on through the airline industry of how there's not much to do on a long boring flight and that takeoff and landing are really the only two things where pilots are needed and the rest is kind of just in case um i don't know if that's true or not but i know that there was a lot of drinking um in the flight industry and that this yeah. was a pretty famous case where it was exposed but i thought his performance in it and a lot of the flight sequences are pretty pretty amazing uh number four uh, probably Blood Red Sky came out recently where a woman is a woman and her daughter are taking a plane and it's kind of a horror movie and a lot of uh, a lot of really cool things unfold. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a reason why she's flying at night. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, Blood Red Sky is a really, really good movie. I thought uh, I like it when you take a take a premise and, you know, like the red eye. And, uh, and make it. And there's so many movies where somebody's getting chased around a plane, but that, I really like Blood Red Sky. And then uh, number three would be Airplane. Of course, you know, the, the, the hilarious Zucker one that brought back so many careers for so many people, <laughs> like Leslie, Leslie Nielsen and Robert Stack, and all these actors that have been playing the serious man for like 30 years, got to get a second crack at being the funny guy for the, the last 20 years of their career or whatever, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, number two would probably be uh, the, the well, this is quite the plain section of the Twilight Zone movie that was a with, uh, uh, was the remake of the one with William Shatner. Right. The remake of the episode with William Shatner, but it was right. John Lithgow. It was John Lithgow, right. Yeah, the, the creature on the plane 
was just so well realized. Even to this day, I think it's still fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, number one is probably Top Gun Maverick. Uh, shocked, shocked the pants off me. That movie was fantastic, and I had no idea. I had no reason to be as good as it was, for sure. <laughs> honorable mentions to plane, trains, automobiles. Honorable mentions to Con Air, and honorable mentions to, of course, Snakes on a Plane, because that's just hilarious. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Great. You want to once again uh, tell everyone how they can find Duncan Shields? Just go look at Buy Duncan Shields on all the uh, social medias and look for Tronologically Speaking and the Time Bandits Minute, and you'll find some wonderful Movie by Minute podcasts there. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick uh, search for Movie by Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, MovieByMinute.com, or you can find me on Facebook. So, Duncan, do you feel like coming back in tomorrow to finishing off the week? Heck Yes. All right, so until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little village.